Welcome to the Business Addicts Podcast, where the stakes are high, talk is cheap, and results are on the other side of commitment. Hosted by a former addict, myself. And I'm his wife, Jamie. We uncover addicts' mindsets, showing that the talents you've created in your struggle will be the superpowers you leverage to heal your deepest wounds. Listen to former addicts share stories of how they've flipped the switch, including insights into how much we can believe in ourselves. For those of you affected by addiction, we support your desire to help the addict in your life by raising the stakes and creating emotional barriers. Welcome to the Business Addicts Podcast. Today, I have Polly with me here, and really, this is a conversation between two women Mm -hmm. that have been married to addicts. And our experiences are different, but it's a conversation that we're excited to have together and just see where it goes. Because Mm -hmm. ultimately, being in this experience and going through this experience is something that we've learned from and we would love to help share the message with others. So Polly, tell us a little bit about your experience and what comes up for you when we think about addiction, Mm -hmm. living with addiction, being married to an addict. What are some of the things that you want people to know about? Thank you. I know that's thank a big starting you. This place. is a big question. Uh, yeah. So so first, Jamie, thank you for doing this. Thank mm-hmm. you for doing this. Thank you for being willing to do this and talk about it. The first thing that comes up is uh, that a lot of women have shame mm-hmm. that they carry about this and that they feel embarrassed that their husbands are struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you're so, specifically referring to porn addiction, not just I any am, addiction. Yeah. I'm re- I'm referring to porn addiction. Yeah. Um. And so that and I think that in and that's a good point that you brought up. A lot of people don't equate yeah. porn addiction with alcoholism, for example, yeah. which is just such a widely known addiction and something that people just they understand and they have it. They have the concept right away. Um, and I think if we go back to the, the the 30s and 40s, alcoholism was much the same way. People, d- people didn't really put it in those terms. But it's now right. it's totally understood. And it's something that people talk about. They talk about the 12-step program. They talk about, oh, yeah, so-and-so, my friend is in the program, doing great, um, working the program. Right. You know, less shame around it. Um, but I think um, just a little bit of context, I, I did um, I did get divorced in 2013. And so these for me are, you know, memories that are older mm-hmm. memories and that I don't actually, I don't actually think about them all the time anymore. And so um, what comes up for me is I think it, I believe what I believe is universal for the spouse of any addict, which is we cannot enable Mm-hmm. And it's so tempting to do that. We cannot fix it. Right. It's not ours to fix. This no one, huge. no one is ours to fix. And it's really their responsibility. And if there isn't 100% accountability, and if there isn't a, a lot of compassion from the spouse, the spouse that is an addict, it's just such an uphill battle. It, it's just very mm-hmm. difficult to navigate. It began to feel like I was crazy. Yeah. I'll put it in first person because I have yeah. to. We have to talk about these things in our own experiences. 
Yeah, that's what I was starting to think about. If we go back to like for both of us, so the ending is different for each of us, right? Like you chose divorce and felt like that was the best, you know, for where what you needed to do. And I really want to talk about that even more, like what it was like to make that decision, Mm -hmm. what, you know, what that feels like for others that might be considering this. And, Mm -hmm. um, and for me, where we're at right now is that we're called to be together. But I mean, sometimes that's a daily decision when Mm -hmm. we're in the middle of, you know, what is coming up now? Like, why is this coming up? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I want to say that I honor every single person's Mm -hmm. decision and choice in that regard. And I respect Every single decision and choice, every day that you make it. I I actually believe that in a marriage, you choose to be married every day anyway, no matter what is going on. (laughs) Um, And I I very much hold the the sacrament of marriage as a very, very sacred thing. Um, So this was not a decision that I made lightly. I made Mm. it from a place of uh, a group, you know, a Catholic girl, a good Mm. Christian girl um, who looked under every rock I possibly could and exhausted, exhausted myself doing yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So, so by no means was that made lightly. And here's what it felt like. It felt for me like I was gnawing off my arm in order to save myself. Ooh. That's exactly what it felt like because I was in love with him when I divorced him. And there was just a knowingness in me, very deep within me, that if I didn't quickly, uh, the analogy that I had heard was, you know, like, like a surgeon with a knife, if I didn't very quickly do this, that it would destroy me. And I had a little girl, I had a three-year-old little toddler, I had no energy for her. And so I had to act quickly. And I was just, I had to be decisive and the worst decision I possibly could have had to make. When I was going through that, I really couldn't find anybody who understood that part because they were all, I could hear, I could find lots of women who are very angry or didn't love their ex-husbands anymore. I could find lots of people that were in that position, but I couldn't find anybody who, who still loved them so much. Um, and my journey was to love myself as much. That was my journey. It's been a long journey, a really long journey. That was 10 years ago. And so I would say to anyone considering everything that you're feeling is valid. And there might be, I guarantee there's someone who has felt your feelings and your similar experience. But even if there's not, it's okay. Just trust those feelings. I just knew that any more rope that I was given out that, that I were to give out would, would only hang all of us. Right. And so it felt like cutting off a cutting off of, and that to, to him, that felt like hell. Mm-hmm. And to me, that felt like hell. Mm-hmm. So to both of us, that felt like hell, except he was very much angry which then was a more traumatic response 
that mm-hmm. for me, how, like, oh my gosh, how could you be angry with me on top of then right. everything else is going on. So it was very traumatic. It was very traumatic. I lost a lot of weight. Weight. I looked, I didn't, I didn't look healthy and I was, I was totally traumatized. I mean, I, I feel like I was walking around just nerve endings Fragile. walking around. Yes. Yeah. 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 For a long time. So if we go back to like, what was, what was it like living with an addict? What was his perspective? How did he handle it? How did you handle it? That kind of stuff. Well, first of all, when we got married, I didn't know. And I truly didn't have a clue. I mean, I was clueless. And so that either speaks to him being very good at hiding things or my naivete. Probably a little bit of right. both. Well, in, in our story, Kevin had told me, but I thought that it was something that would go away. I didn't understand yeah. how it works. Yep. I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. So then after we had our daughter, I understood the severity mm-hmm. of it because he showed me like a documentary about it. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, then I understood what we were actually talking about versus uh, you know, I did this in college and once in a while, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like all, all guys do right. event. Right. So that I thought as well, oh, that's okay. No big deal. All guys do it. And so then it became, it was just this very long process of disclosing the, the full, the full measure of the problem. Yeah. And then once we knew that we started counseling together uh, and, uh, again, I was raising a little girl, like a ti- like a baby, it's, you know, right. six. So this started when my awareness started when she was six months old. So the experience was for me, and I'll just break it down very simply. He wasn't interested in sex with me. Mm. I initiated sex 99.9% of the time. And, and that's how you found out then? No. Oh. I, that's not how I found out. He actually told me, but that was very common in our marriage. And then, mm-hmm. and then it made sense, but, but all this was happening at the same time. Right. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm trying to put things together and piece things together in the middle of having right. a baby. And so I'm not, it, no, that it, already it, messes with the it's, mind. It's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of fuzzy and I'm, I'm, I'm right. lack of sleep. And I, I did have postpartum right. depression. So I was already just suffering from, you know, my body, you know, hormonal sleep deprivation, all of that. But, mm-hmm. but that continued on through the mm-hmm. next few years. Well, in my understanding that is that, is it, it is actually two completely different things. Like being in a relationship with mm-hmm. someone where you're connected and intimately interested in that person mm-hmm. versus the dopamine hits that happen by looking at something or watching something else. It's two very different things. Yes. And so that's what you're dealing with. Yes. That is one piece of it. Yes. And then the other piece is often there's either trauma behind it mm-hmm. or feelings of guilt, shame, and even yes. rejection. Yes, that's and right. so anytime that there's like this trigger of rejection or trigger of anything that kind of spirals down, mm-hmm. then it's a, it's a, it's a drug. It's a, another, you know, coping mechanism for anxiety or covering up any of the other issues mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, if you were to deal with real life, mm-hmm. this and is that, what we're finding. That's exactly right, Jamie. Um, and that's a lot of people don't understand. And I understand it now, but I, I didn't understand it then. Uh, but now, you know, people say, well, how, how could that be? How could someone not want to connect with their 
their wife mm. sexually. And, and it's just the, 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 the reality is, and this is what I would say to the women out there. It's not actually personal. It's something right. that in their brains, they've replaced intimacy with this other dopamine hit and it's what they need. Here's what specifically addiction for with to pornography does to the male brain. It robs the man and then their spouse of intimacy. Intimacy intimacy becomes very um, difficult to attain. A hundred percent. Okay. And so I know I'm talking more about that specifically, but any addiction, I would argue, robs um, a couple of Mm -hmm. intimacy because what you're doing is constantly escaping to get that dopamine hit and you're not allowing the the pain, you're not sharing what's actually going on. You're just going, oh, you know what? I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to, I'm going to take this to my drug. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're hundred percent right. And I just heard recently, and we may have shared this on the podcast before, but um, it came to mind again, that the opposite of addiction is not non-addiction. It's connection. Absolutely. And I love the research that that's coming out about this because I think that it can be so humanizing to addicts Mm-hmm. as well to say, no, I need a, I need connection. And who, mm-hmm. who doesn't? We all do. We all do because we live in the United States of addiction. That's not my term, but I mm-hmm. absolutely love it because, okay, I, I'm, I'm starting to feel something. What am I going to do? I'm going to eat something. I'm going to watch something. I'm going to Instead play a video game. our feelings. Instead of right. actually sitting with it, which can be very painful. I know that. I know that. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying that it leads when we don't, there are consequences. That's huge. And in really what you just said about our society, basically in general, is um, something that I've been thinking about, which is things like thinking is acceptable. Acting, you know, yes. taking action is very acceptable. Mm-hmm. But feeling something is not something we've been trained on or it's even you know, really acceptable at the level that we need it. I mean, there, there are literally yeah. three brains in our body that are working together, right? Our, yes. our mind, our heart, and our gut. Yes. And so when we're not allowing ourselves to feel, intuitively feel, you know, that heart connection feel. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know there's just such a difference between working with someone, you know, and having a relationship that is so connected mm. versus um, having a relationship that you're escaping constantly. Oh, exactly, Jamie. And, and the thing is that you're right. We were not taught how to feel Mm. and we, but we were taught how to escape. (laughs) That's not good. That's not good. (laughs) We were taught, we were not taught how to feel. And I just said to this, uh, a friend, um, the other day, I said, I think at 43 years old, I think that I can now when I feel something, I can identify it and feel it wow. without judging myself or saying, no, 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 it's, but it's, it's fine. I, you know, just no, I feel shame right now. I feel sad right now. And I don't have to like sit there and work through it for 15 minutes, but mm-hmm. I can say, I, I do identify that feeling. And it just took me a long time. And I think that I think that, I think that for spouses of addicts, I think that we, me, I, I think I was a little bit, um, addicted to my spouse's words Mm. to me that took away 
my fear. In other words, he would say very nice things to me. And that took away my pain. I think I was a little bit addicted to that. And that's where that sort of codependence comes in. Yeah. And we've heard that from other um, spouses that we've interviewed where she was like, I was addicted to the addict, you know, like I, Mm -hmm. and for me, again, speaking for myself, I love problem solving. I love, you know, I identify as a problem solver. And so when there's someone that's dysfunctional on the team, it's fine. Then I can look better in that process. And that's really not helpful. I mean, hasn't been. <laughs> I, I no, I to, I totally get that. I totally get that. And I I like to organize things and make things mm-hmm. efficient. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I got to do. But you know, we we it wasn't enough for us to be just loved. We had to do a job. And that's yeah. that's our journey. That's our journey. When you think about women that might be in this situation right now and might mm-hmm. be wondering, how do I know if I'm called to cut it off, mm-hmm. you know, like which is where you were and you just knew I can't or, you know, are they called to work with him? Like what, what are some of the questions or what are some of the things yeah. that you would ask or have them consider asking themselves? I will say this, our bodies hold wisdom. Mm. And when I considered, I had asked my husband to, to separate and move out. And when I, when I considered him coming back into my space, I just sat there and, and I, I stood there in my bedroom and I closed my eyes and I asked myself what it would feel like if he came back into my space. And I didn't even think about it, but my arms went like this. Right. Right. And that was truly my answer. Mm -hmm. It was also a long time, Jamie. I want people to understand that it was years. So this was not, uh, I would never judge anyone for staying or leaving. Correct. So this was years and there were times when he would be gone for like three days and my whole life would just be lighter. Mm -hmm. And, and I saw the energy that I had to spend with my daughter then. And I, and I thought, this Mm -hmm. is information. This is information. And, and, you know, it just comes to the point where you just can't resist the truth anymore. And that was the truth. And yeah. it was not a, an easy truth. It was not a fun truth. It was a, a freaking awful truth, but it was the truth. How, how yeah. would you say that he reacted or how does he, how did he handle when you would go to him with the challenges or with the problems or with your, you know, desire for something different? At first he would be very defensive. And then he was also in ther- therapy. So then he would eventually... Um, change that a little bit and say, I recognize that I was, I was defensive in that moment. And, um, but for us, it was sort of like a broken record where every Mm -hmm. Monday we would, we would have the check-in and he would say, this is what I did wrong. Right. Like the goal is to not watch porn or whatever. And this is what I did. And so every Monday it was the same thing (laughs) over and over again. And so I, um, you know, it wasn't, um, cheap. Nothing was changing. And so mm-hmm. he knew I was miserable because how could I not be? Nothing was changing. Mm-hmm. How were you changing along that time or were you able to? There was a, um, a moment and it took education. And I would say education about, like I said, any addiction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look at like Al-Anon, just follow those guidelines. They've been around forever. 
So are you taking responsibility for somebody else's stuff? Okay. This was the education that I had to go through. First of all, to right, understand. As the, as the enabler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. First of all, to understand I am enabling, right? Step one. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then, so my education was, that was my journey, was actually having my own boundaries and saying, and the moment that I said, okay, I'm not going to be your accountability partner anymore. Find a new one. Yes. I'm taking, yes. I'm taking myself out of that equation. Yeah. Um, and also like, I'm not going to tell you to exercise. I'm not going to tell you what to eat. I'm not your personal, mm-hmm. whatever you go ahead and do you, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and do me. This is huge. I just want to give this a moment because this is huge stuff. It is huge. And putting it back on them feels miserable at the time. It's very, (laughs) it's, it's very hard and it's very liberating at the same time. Yes. It's It's very, it's, and especially if they're going to fight you, right. They don't Mm -hmm. want it. They don't want it, Mm -hmm. but this is the only way this truly, if you look at just being a human, Right. We absolutely cannot feel things or do things or fix anyone else. That's that's incredibly freeing. Yeah. And I am called to be I am called to be healthy. I am mm-hmm. called to exactly. be I yes. am called to take care of my own body and my own mind. That is mine to take care of. Nobody else's. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not my daughter's and it's not his and it's not my friends even though I would call my friends and you know beg them to right. do this whole thing for me the wise ones would say, you're the only one that can do this work. I, that was awful. <laughs> you know, I, don't <laughs> do, I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think our process, you know, initially was like, <clears throat> okay, how do I consider how I've been a part of this or what does this mean about me? And then realizing, oh wait, this means nothing about me. Like mm, it takes time to go yes. through that process. Too, it, right? it does. Um, it does. It yeah. really does. Yeah. I don't care who we're talking to. I really don't believe it is about the person that's not the addict. I I just, whatever the issue is, it probably started before you and you're probably not the problem. Like, let's just start there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, who you chose is your responsibility, but it it is not your fault. I I totally agree with you. And I had um, a really great counselor tell me once, um, She's like, ooh, do you know what you get to do right now? You get to have some fun. Because <laughs> this isn't yours. So what do you yeah. want to do? Mm. You know, and it, it was like a, like, yeah. you know, that's just, it's really not mine. Like, hey, good yeah. luck with that over there. <laughs> I hope I hope that all works out for yeah. you. I hope yeah. it works out for both of us. I really do. But yeah. I can't control that at all. Yeah. At all. And that's where sometimes, and I'll get into this just for a moment, but that's where sometimes the, the religious, oh, you're married, Mm -hmm. you know, you made a vow. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. We can, I technically support each other. We can support each other. But if one person continuously Mm -hmm. breaks that vow, and in my case did from he deceived from the beginning. So, right. Didn't tell me, I did not know. Um, that's a different story. It's just a different story. I believe today that, and Kevin knows this and he understands where I'm coming from and he's gotten to the point of being able to see it, which is huge that I was married to an unbeliever. You know, Mm -hmm. he might've known, but, but there was so many lies and deceit covering the knowing that it just, Mm -hmm. it was such a, 
a weird mass yeah. and of um, confusion, right? Confusion, and, confusion, yeah. 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 And the devil loves confusion. It's a playground. Yes, it totally so. is. It, totally <laughs> it works, works. We can, we can all get in the mix. And like, even, you know, when I talk about um, my situation and for me, I know that I was called to work with him, Yeah, but I do not, like, there are a lot of times where I'm like, whoa, Lord, like I can see today why I was called mm-hmm. because now we have this podcast. We have something where I'm learning so much that I can go out and help others. And, and we're called to help others with this. Mm-hmm. But I honestly am not sure that very many are called to that long drawn out process mm-hmm. of, you know, what, what does it look like for him to get out of addiction? Mm-hmm. Because, and ultimately, you know, my quote unquote calling to it was in figuring out who I am, setting the clear mm-hmm. boundaries, putting it back on him and saying, this isn't mine. You have resources available to you. Use them. Mm-hmm. And and saying, I'm no longer putting up with it. You need to choose. Mm-hmm. You need to make a choice. Are you working with this and working on yourself? Or, you know, there's the door. And mm-hmm. that moment um, in some ways was less hard than saying, you need to deal with this yourself, Mm. you know, like telling him, you know, this is no longer mine. This is all you. But the one where, you know, it was like, okay, are you staying and changing or are you going? He almost walked out because he, and I, and I asked him, I was like, so just out of curiosity, why, why are you giving up, you know, everything that we have? And he said, because it's too hard to change. And so that was the first belief system that we had to change. And then the second was, I said, okay, then I also need to ask you to leave the church because at this point, what Jesus offers is transformation. Mm. And if you don't believe that, then what are we doing? Mm. You know, like, (laughs) do you believe that you can be transformed and that change is possible or not? Mm. Like they're actually kind of tied in here a little bit. And, And so that the whole... Like whatever is coming from religion about marriage Mm. and even what I took on, I think I thought I needed to become one in a way that meant I needed to lose myself. Yeah. Yeah. And and some of those belief systems are not not totally true. Right. Like the way I interpreted it wasn't maybe what the intention was. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And wow. I want to take a moment to I mean to commend you both you and mm. Kevin for the dedication hundreds of hours of work <laughs> hundreds I, like there's no I mean like, I there's no shortcut no I can't I you know I'm that's that is bravery that that's just uncommon mm. and especially for people to do together yeah yeah. Uh, and especially for people to do with awareness and accountability. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think, and if, if I may say that the most important aspect is you both being willing to surrender it. If it's no, right. long, if it's no longer surrendering the outcome, the outcome hundred percent, and the marriage, if it's, that's the healthiest yep. course of action. Um, yep. I think so, right. It's what, when it's not healthy, it's I'm clinging to it out of fear Totally. That's, that's not what you're doing, right? You're standing in love and yeah. you're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to surrender the outcome. And, 
and what it looks like, what, what it, it feels, feels like, like. What, yes. whatever, what other people think about it. Hundred percent. Oh, oh Lord. And everybody knows that there's all kinds of opinions about mm. what, you know, people should do in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I, I also want to say what I did was I also stood in love. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. you can stand in love and not even blame and right. forgiveness right. and you can divorce. You can stand in love and not blame and accountability and stay together. That's beautiful. All of these things are possible. I will say that the, you know, it's, is it easy? Jamie, would you say that it's easy? Oh my word. None of it. It's yeah. not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. These are, <laughs> there's their journeys. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you were just saying, because that's ultimately like, if someone comes to me and says, you know, I've got this issue in my marriage, the first thing that I'm going to say is, okay, ultimately he is a problem or she is a problem. I mean, yeah, yeah. we're talking about Any know, either side sometimes. Yep. yep. And <clears throat> I'm going to agree with you. That is a problem. And what can we do to get you in a place where you love yourself yes. and you can do this in love? Because exactly. it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Because and and if you do if you do the separation, divorce, whatever, from a place of hatred or anger, ooh, that's mm-hmm. a totally different process. And and it is as well, it's still hard. Either way, right. it's hard. But doing it from anger well, is anger, totally different. Yeah. I mean that I always thought this is kind of full disclosure here. So let me just be a little bit careful (laughs) about how I want to say this. But I always thought that if I was, um, because I had seen other people just give so much to these relationships Mm. that are toxic Mm. in general and then, you know, walk away. Mm. And in divorce, I always thought I would be that person because I'm an Enneagram eight Mm. in the Enneagram style, which is a challenger. Mm. And I don't mind conflict. That's not a problem for me. So I thought that, you know, like if I was ever in a situation where, you know, the other side was toxic and I needed to, you know, fight for myself, like watch out, you are going to get, you know, the full kit and caboodle. Yeah. And what I realized is that there's an amount of energy that goes into that, Mm. that is not something that I'm willing to give up. Because the person that I have to become in that process, the things that I have to hold on to that have no meaning or that I don't want to bring with me mm-hmm. forward, you know, it's it's that cutting off that becomes more important and letting go and releasing yes. that becomes more important than holding on to mm. what I could still get out of this relationship that I don't want to be a part of anymore. That's no longer healthy, mm. you know? And so come to find out, I actually am not that person that I thought I was. Like, don't call me if you want to, you know, get the most out of your divorce. Right. <laughs> I used to I used to think like, no, we're going to look at the numbers and we're going to make sure that you get the most out of this. And, you know, because you deserve better and it, it, there's so much energy. I mean, money is energy, currency is energy, yeah. but there's so many other things in relationship that are energy. Mm-hmm. And when we look at who we are and what we can create. Mm-hmm. There's nothing limiting us, limiting us mm-hmm. when um, we're walking towards our potential mm-hmm. instead of when we're holding on to what we could have had Absolutely. and looking at the past from that perspective. So yes. those are some of the new awarenesses that I have that I that I didn't know <laughs> about myself. That's that's beautiful and it's so true. And what you said about in a, in this culture, 
you know, love yourself. It's like you hear it all the time. Right, right. Here's another way to think about that. Do you like dancing? Go dance. Mm. Do you like to paint? Paint. Do something that you love and it nourishes you and do more of that as an act of love towards right. yourself as you would for a partner that you love. We have to bring you up to the level of loving yourself as much as the other. That's number one. Love for, and that's, that's advice for every single person in the world. Right. But right. when you're in a position where you have to bol- bolster your, your boundaries and say, no, I, yeah, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go get a massage now. I'm going to go take a bath. I'm going to do something that is very loving toward myself. It's a, it, there's, you create this momentum mm-hmm. and experience this with your body. And again, it's, it's about embodying this change. Uh, it's, we can't just talk about it. What I feel coming up though right now is a little bit of what you are doing for people with being an intuitive painter, you know, like mm-hmm. through this process of really working on yourself and then recognizing that you actually have a gift where you can help others that have worked, done the work and worked on themselves. And ultimately Polly did a painting for me, I'll share. And it's a um, an expression in color and on canvas of who I am at my best. And also she did too. And so one kind of feels like where I have the capacity to step into more. And it's like, you have that mm. where you can see that in others, you can see people's potential, you can mm. see them and love them through yeah. that. And how are we doing that? How are we taking care of ourselves and showing yes. ourselves mm-hmm. that, you know, we are mm. worthy. You know, there's a lot of feelings mm. of, I am not enough. You know, who am I? How yeah. do I even know who I am? And so, yeah. um, what yes. are the things that, you know, the things that I like to do are totally different than someone else. Oh. So I can't make a no. list no. <laughs> and be can't. like, here's your self-care. Yeah. No. <laughs> because, we everyone's can't. list is so different. Like mm, I, I'm just not so a pedicure true. person, right? No, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know it's, yeah. it, it's so different for every single person. And even if it's just sitting, sitting on the couch and doing nothing that for me, it's a sitting in a chair with a notebook so I can think. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. and your whiteboards right there. Yes. I love spending a little whiteboard time <laughs> is that is, it's exciting. And it's, it's not yeah. even not whatever, exciting joy, whatever it is. If we remove blame, if we remove blame and and take away the power of blame, you did this to me. This is your fault. You are a terrible person. I hate you. You have this problem, right? Um, things get a lot more peaceful. This is huge, Polly, because I lived in blame and frustration. I did not live in shame and guilt. My husband took care of both of those. Mm-hmm, I lived mm-hmm. in blame. Mm-hmm. And that was keeping both of us mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. negative vibrational frequency. Mm-hmm. Yes. Keeping both of us in a cycle of drama. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to raise my vibration and get out of that, that is when I was still running into walls because I was like, mm-hmm. uh, we still have a cycle here. <laughs> it's not yes. just my cycle of blame anymore. So, but but that is huge. So insightful of you to know that. It's so insightful of you to know that. And that's why it's that's why it's so rare for couples to work it out, I think, yeah. because because the, there has to be so much awareness. Um, <laughs> you, you know Excuse me for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I 
can't even imagine the amount of awareness. Oh my word. And, and actually, I remember telling my ex-husband, I, I think I said, you know, as, as much as I love to talk about the no blame and going through the mm-hmm. divorce, like sing, like, th- like meditating, like no blame, like picturing him as a child and just keeping forgiving mm-hmm. him. You're keeping, it was just, but, but it was easier for me to do that because I had the space. Right. But I said, man, if I, if I would have been married to you, I would have been like, screw you. You forgot to take off the garbage and you're an addict. Like every single time. <laughs> I mean, every time. Like, yeah. I don't think I would have been able to do that in it, like yeah. seeped in it. But like yeah. from a distance, I could say, God, I love you. Like so much yeah. love to you. You know, so all the best for you. And like, I'm out. <laughs> you know, like, totally. so it's like, so I mean, again, oh. no judgment for, yeah. I honestly, the most respect, because it is, it's so much awareness. Oh my gosh. Mm. When you're stepping into that drama cycle again, which is an addiction. Correct. So, I mean, for, for many people, right. It's just like food yeah. and yeah. I had to do so much of my own work that I didn't want to acknowledge was there. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be like, this is definitely just not even, yeah, <laughs> you know, comparable. Oh, totally. Totally. And yet, totally. What else can I do? Oh, what else can exactly. I do? You don't, you, well, you're doing it because you're very brave mm-hmm. and you're doing it and <laughs> you're like seeing it as it is. And oh my gosh, that's so hard. So mm-hmm. hard. I remember being so angry too, because the, it, and I think it's important. I've slammed a few doors and may have made some holes in the wall. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna no. say that my anger didn't hey, exist. Hey, <laughs> I, I was in a group, like a like a like a support group, and yeah. I was like, they, we were working through a workbook, and I remember looking in the list of adjectives of how we might feel, right? And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, murderous is on here. Awesome. <laughs> I am not the only one who has felt like murdering. But I think that we need to uh-huh. once again say this very important part. As individuals, we all have crap, like ugly crap, mm-hmm. right? And that does not mean that the spouse's addiction is our right. fault right. or our responsibility. We just can't overstate that, especially yeah. for women who want to take it all on. A lot of times we, just like I identified as a problem solver, we can identify as people pleasers yeah. or oh, totally. you know, something that still puts us in that place yeah, of, of course. you know, continually. Yeah. You're reminding me though. Um, I'm not sure how much I said, I, have, I don't think I've shared this on the podcast before, but I remember there being a point where I wanted to literally drive the vehicle into the garage wall mm-hmm. and like ruin the garage and the vehicle. Yeah. And I would have been fine with that. Like I knew I would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, like I wanted something outward to show yeah. for how much hurt and pain there was on the inside. That makes complete you know? sense. That and I think that's the kind of stuff that 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 we need to talk talk about. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing mm-hmm. it. You know, I I I I tended to internalize a lot, which 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 is not good, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly, sometimes I think it would be better to wreck the garage than <laughs> I was like, well, shoot, that would cost me too. And I'm just yeah. too efficient and then, utilitarian yeah, to do that. That, that, and then it would just yeah. make you more mad. Because right, you would have right. to deal with it. You would have to clean it up. I'd have to fix it. I up. would have to get But, yeah. you know, I, I remember many times I would put on, like, you know, listen to music and go for, like, a, a run walk. And then I would be, like, the crazy person in the field, like, stomping in the grass. Like, <laughs> like there's, like, corn all around me. And I would, like, 
find a place that I thought nobody could see me and I would just like pound on the ground and so right, right. so much anger I mean rage really mm-hmm. it was rage yeah so when you think about all the work that you've done to get to this point <laughs> and if there's anyone out there mm. what else is there anything that's been left unsaid you deserve full-on accountability and respect and love for yourself and it is possible Mm -hmm. it is possible it does exist and it starts in you I think that's what I would say it's just you're so deserving of it and that's and if you're a Christian woman I would say that's not God's plan for you Mm -hmm. is to be someone else's enabler it's just simply not my grandma was a Catholic woman and after I, the day that I got divorced, she had passed away a long time ago, but like, I remember calling my dad and I, I just needed to know that what, maybe what she would say. Right. Mm-hmm. And my dad said she would be very proud of you. And I think if we could all think of that, right, this, this really Christian figure, this authority figure would say, I'm the surgeon. We're going to cut it off if that's what needs to be done is the best thing, then that's what needs to be done. Because if you have that freedom in your heart and you forgive yourself for whatever you're going to do, and there is no shame, but there is just, I need to take care of me. This, this body and the this soul is mine to take care of. Mm-hmm. If you have that, like you do, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. If you have that and you know that, and you're willing to walk away, if that's the, that's the highest plan, that's the love plan, then you're going to be in a place of love and power. That's where you need to be. Huge stuff. Mm-hmm. And space and love. Yes, time. To anyone <laughs> that is in the middle of this. So much love. So much love. So much love. And support yeah. and compassion. Oh my gosh, compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There isn't anything about it that's easy and there isn't anything about it that is, you know, one size fits all. No. It's not a, there's, there's not one emotion, <laughs> like the mm. whole, the whole process. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what I will say too, in mm-hmm. speaking of, you know, our relationship, Kevin, you know, we've been pretty open about it online, you know, vulnerable through this podcast and, mm. um, I was on a mission to find how I could change myself Mm. as fast as possible and how Kevin could change as fast as possible. Mm. If he was willing, if he wasn't, I was willing to walk away. Mm. And um, I would say that we have had more breakthroughs in the last year Mm. after being visible, being vulnerable, being willing to work on it and having healers Mm. around constantly. And like now I have a very low tolerance Mm -hmm. for resistance to change. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you're showing me, if he's showing me resistance at all, Mm -hmm. I have a low tolerance. Yes. I I used to have a ton of tolerance, right? And like, I have no idea how to deal with this. I have no idea. No. There you go. Go get, no. That Like literally one moment, one instance, one comment. And I'm, I'm, no. (laughs) Like I do not have the same level of tolerance. That's amazing. That's the clear, that's the clarity. And and honestly, when I think about, when I think about you doing the work, you and Kevin doing Mm -hmm. that work, what I think about is childbirth. 
You guys are <laughs> You guys are in childbirth together. Right, right. You are. The level of labor. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. is intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And transformation. Yeah. And the, and and like getting to the point where uh I can't do this. Like Yeah. This is scary as hell because uh, we're like, we're like meeting breathe <laughs> we're 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 we're, uh, we're meeting I do a lot more of that so I'm in labor yep yeah you are in labor <laughs> and we're we're also we're also meeting our shadow selves mm-hmm. and and you're shining light on the shadow self not not only for him but for for you he's shining light on him you're you're shining light yeah. on you you're both shining it on each other um and then that's why that's why you don't have the tolerance mm-hmm. for the resistance i think because if you do have that like um that moment then you're not in it together yeah. anymore yeah yeah makes sense yeah and i will also say too that like what we've learned you know just what we were talking about for our those that are not addicts or higher levels of addicts, because I was still addicted to enabling. <laughs> so totally. it's a different type of addiction. Totally. But is that there is often trauma behind it. There's stuff that needs to oh. be cleared, energy oh, blocks, yes. you know, different forms of shifting that needs to happen for ourselves. Yes. And in that process for an addict, it's just, it's not, it's not an option. They've got to be willing to do some deep work with help. Yes. I would say 99% oh, of the time. Like oh it's just, I mean, I, yeah, I, I this would, idea I, that they could, you know, just accountability and get over it and oh just, gosh, and just no, intention, no. you know, like I just intend to, no, 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 no. I mean, imagine somebody saying that about heroin and cocaine and, and right. alcohol. Like, I think right. I just intend to never drink again. Mm, good, good luck with that. Right. I'm, I'm holding space for that small percentage that's out there, that micro percentage, but I want to create awareness around because I grew up not knowing that getting help was okay, not knowing that, you know, talking to other people about stuff was okay. So, oh my goodness, 100% agree. We're not meant to do hard things alone anyway. Mm, We're meant, that. and that goes back to connection, mm-hmm. right? So, so the very idea that I'm a trauma survivor who now has turned into an addict who's going to solve this on my own, damn it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, guess what? There's no connection. There's no intimacy. You're doing this on your own, really? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. There's, that's just, that's counterintuitive. That doesn't make any sense. Wow. Yeah. I mean, why, why would that work? I guess is the question. Why would that work? <laughs> How if, would that if, work? If, yeah. if what you need is connection, but mm-hmm. you're digging in your heels and you're saying, nope, nope. And then also, I believe that if you're doing that, there's also a piece of, plus, if I do this myself, nobody else will know. I get to mm. keep all of this shame. It's still shame. And shame is the lowest frequency. It is. The next one's death. Exactly. So if we're going to if we're going to stay committed to the shame, good luck. Yeah. Good luck transforming anything. Thank you for this conversation. Thank, Thank you for helping you for share this your story. Thank you so much. I yeah. commend all the work you and Kevin are doing. Well, anyone that's out there that's in the middle of it is deserving of every form of support. Absolutely. <laughs> Seen and unseen. So Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I 100% agree. 
Thank you for tuning in. And to stay in touch, email us at info at businessaddictspodcast.com.